Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. My name is Vanessa Rosado, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Venture Fuel Visionaries. I'm here today with the founders feature, featuring Chun Zhang, the co-founder and CEO of Monterey AI. Monterey AI is the co-pilot for Product Insights. The platform accelerates product development by synthesizing and analyzing unstructured data from multiple sources. Chun, its founder, previously led products and design at companies like Unfolded, Scale AI, and Uber. She graduated from Cornell in 2018 and has been obsessed with building the most ambitious and delightful data and AI products in the productivity, developer tooling, and autonomous vehicles. Please join me in welcoming Jim. So I am really pleased to be here today with Chun Jiang, who is the founder of Monterey AI. And this is part of a special series that we're doing where we're talking to the members of the Comcast NBC Universal Lift Labs Generative AI cohort about their tech, about their work, about their vision for the future of the space. So Chun, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Super excited. So I want to start with just asking you to introduce yourself to our listeners, right? I mean, some folks in our community will be very familiar with the program with your company because we've been talking about for a couple of months now. But mm-hmm. you know, who are you? What do you do? And and tell us a bit about Monterey AI. Who am I? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So yeah, my name is Chun Zhang. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Monterey AI. Uh, Monterey AI is a one-year-old, almost two years old uh, company. And what we're doing is that we're building like co-pilot for product insights. What it means is like we help companies to aggregate all this kind of like unstructured qualitative data from your sales transcripts, support tickets, uh, social media mentions, and make it super easy to analyze and triage. So yeah, a little bit about my background. I've been building like product and also kind of like design in ML space. So my first job was actually in autonomous driving department at Uber and then joined Scale after that. Uh, so I spent a lot of time and years trying to figure out like, hey, what is the best like, experience uh, for ML platform, uh, for ML like, developer tools, all that. So yeah, super excited to start this company. Uh, we went through Y Combinator last year and then joined the um, uh, Comcast Level Ups uh, Accelerator this year. And it has been amazing. And I'm super excited to share more. Can you tell us a little bit about why you founded Monterey AI and what its unique value proposition in the marketplace is. I mean, you're talking about unstructured data, which often large enterprise organizations have just a huge amount of data that is unstructured that they can't access. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk to me a little bit about like, what did you see as the opportunity out there for a technology like this? Yeah, I'm just like a data nerd. I think... A couple of years ago, when I was at Uber, it's an original story. I was like sitting in front of my laptop, looking at all the data and looking at all the design and looking at the tools we have and thinking like, hey, it's 
like behind every product development, there's always kind of like formula to think about, hey, how do we do products? We always, always need to listen to users, always need to look at like uh, numbers, always need to do like a lot of iterations. And then even there are a lot of like human elements in it and human creativity there, but there should be like a better way to automate a lot of nuance like tasks or manual tasks, like automating, uh, collecting data and analyzing data. So when we saw like large language model came up, I know a lot of people were kind of very obsessed about like generative AI. But for mm -hmm. us, it's really about like synthesizing or kind of aggregating or kind of like turn unstructured into structured data. That is our like exciting me the most. Because traditionally for any like product manager or a customer service team, uh, if they wanted to look at the data saying, hey, I wanted to know what customers are talking this year, they need to go through like support tickets tool, sales transcript, and like literally manual tagging things, right? Um, and then they're having a lot of like social media listening platform, but everyone's doing kind of like keyword extraction. So for example, if like I'm a product manager in like Amazon, like it doesn't really help me if I know, oh, there are 10 people talking about like uh, user interface. It doesn't mean anything for me, but I need to know, hey, they are having a million people talking about a better logging screen on the iOS device in this area. And that is something like actionable. So when we started this company, we see this kind of like connecting dots. Like first, I wanted to automate what I was doing pre in previous job. And second is that this is something like literally everyone in every industry want because the volume of data is getting bigger and bigger. And the expectation from consumers are getting higher and higher. Everyone wants a like faster product development, want a personalization. And then fundamentally, you need a really like new and stronger analysis engine of data uh, to prepare for this kind of new era there. Yeah, it's fascinating because I was saying this right before um, we started, which is uh, like I have a background from the marketing side. And we were often always like, the question is, what do consumers want? And then you're going... Yeah. You're saying like you're trying to do social listening. You're trying to aggregate data from various different sources. Sometimes they'll sit in one place in the organization. Sometimes they'll sit in various places. Uh, and even like I sat in a global role before, and it was then you often were looking at data that wasn't even necessarily sitting with the same provider as yeah. you're looking at markets. And it's like this is a dream interface. And for those of you who are listening, you know, go check out um, Monterey AI website, and you can see sort of the the demo of the interface and just really how it simplifies the aggregation of all of this information to help a non, you know, technical person to read the information and to like start getting very granular product insights off of it, which is really neat. Um, what inspired you to focus your career on product development? And, you know, why, why go there? I mean, that's like a very specific focus that you've had sort of throughout in all the various roles that you've had. Yeah. That's a good question. I think it's kind of like partially just luck there. When I was in college, I did like urban design, architecture design, and also like computer science, right? And then when I was looking for a job, I know like I wanted to leverage my design skills, but also wanted to work on something cool, like literally just working on something cool. Uh, and then back then, like self-driving was the coolest thing. <laughs> you can find me a market. Yeah, so like when I joined, the team I joined was actually like building this foundation like simulation team or a machine learning platform for self-driving. So from there, you see a lot of like how data is fueling the product development in a sense. So instead of like doing that from a more idea perspective, it's like 
building kind of like a developer tools or platform are very fundamental into like, okay, what data do we have? And what are the ML experience we want to have? How do you build a trust between like data and the human, but also data and model in sense, to a sense? So I wouldn't call it, it's kind of like very like more traditional product development, but it's like very developer focused or data focused data pro, uh, product development. So seeing that like from end to end, it's just like super cool. Yeah, like once you get a little bit kind of like feeling if that once you once you start building a lot of products, you say, okay, how do we make it faster? How do we make it more generalizable? So like automating things and being lazy about manual tasks and really putting that human kind of like creativity into it. It's just something I, I love. I love about it. That's such a great point because it's an enabler of human creativity where like before you might have had to spend the majority of your time in actually trying to collect the data and analyze it. And now you can spend the majority of your time like interpreting it and generating insights off of it and then doing new product or new feature development off of that. Um, I read also like there's this, you know, historical um, sort of belief that maybe the next feature would just be like, okay, whatever sales wants or whatever somebody anecdotally thinks should be important as opposed to really genuinely being able to be 100% consumer or customer centric and driven by what the data is telling you as opposed to where the organization might have like point of view or or just a, you know, a leader might just have a hypothesis that this is a direction we should go in. And now you can really, really be driven by the data um, and much more efficient and much more successful because, you know, you know, it's what your customers want. What in terms of, you know, there are a, a lot of organizations out there in this space now, what mm-hmm. gives Monterey AI a unique perspective and a com- unique competitive edge, if you will? Yeah. I think we're literally kind of like the one of the first of like doing this kind of analysis on top of large language model. And like all our early customers, they are also the pioneers in like building the best product in the market. Um, for us, like not to bracket, but like I think the way we think about like building products and then how to serve customers is just a very different than uh, all the business intelligence platform that we had for the last decade. All I want is like, okay, I don't need to go figure out all this kind of charts, all this kind of how to write query, how to uh, set the right like parameters there. I want you to like talk with the interface, talk with the data and clap with the team on it. So the way we design the product is like as simple as possible. Uh, sometimes I feel very guilty just like put a feature there without like simplifying things. But I think that building a thing like really good, uh, really easy to use uh, is one of our competitive edge there. And the second thing is like our platform is also very like scalable. Uh, so a lot of the LLM based like tool in the market, you will see like hallucination. You will see like, okay, it's limited by like context window. Uh, it's like limited by a lot of just like reliability in general. But we've been spending a lot of time like trying to optimize our own models to do like a reliability and performance improvement all the time. So making sure like, hey, regardless whether you have 100 data points or 1 million data points, you can come here, and just play around, you'll see the value right away. So it's a combination of like designing the product, but also figuring out the best like models we can use there. We're not a formal in saying like, okay, we need to use larger model for like everything in the product. We do have like nine different models doing very different small tasks there. Uh, some of them are traditional NLP, some of them are uh, large language models. So having a very clear like, idea of when to use what and then how to serve that to a customer, I think that's like our competitive edge there. 
Awesome. What does the future look like for Monterey AI? You said you're what, two years old. What exciting developments or projects can we expect to see from the company in the next six months? Yeah, I'm not sure how fast we're going to get there. Sometimes it goes faster than I think. Sometimes we also get like stuck in a small, like a small and a big, looks small, but actually very big, like technical challenges there. But this is the kind of vision that I pitch to everyone all the time. It's like in five years, I think once the when product manager or engineer or designer come into the platform, what they will see is like, okay, I see a huge like spike of user complaints on this like, feature in this area. I want to know what are the recommendations that Monterey come up with. Maybe there's some like UI fix, maybe there's like some bug fix, all those suggestions. So really giving you this power of like suggesting, uh, suggesting a like, change of your interface and then change of your entering like code directly based on the data insights you get from the users. So I think that's like super exciting. It's literally kind of like putting the simulation that system we've had for robotics or for self-driving, but to a more general product development cycle. I don't think anyone is doing that. And I think like we wanted to get there first. And building on that, you know, you talked a little about like what people are doing, what they're not. We've seen a lot, uh, you know, November a year ago, like in terms of the explosion of tension on AI. And, you know, my question for you is, you're working in the space. What have you, you're very close to it. Obviously you're in it. What have you learned about the landscape this year as you've worked on scaling Monterey and worked with clients uh, on helping them incorporate the tech into their organizations? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like FOMO in this space, a lot of hype. For us, like we are a generally very, very calm team. <laughs> so when we think about like problems, we tend to like not look at Twitter, not look at like anything that might kind of not helping us make the right decision. I think for us, the biggest change is like, okay, people start realizing the flashy demos that you saw on Twitter is actually not like a real product yet. To make a functional product, you need to like spend a lot of engineering resources there. So that's the first thing. And I think the second thing, like people start being more, more and more aware of like hallucination problem, of yeah. like security, of privacy. Um, this are the things like when ChatGP first came out, like no one was talking about. Every, everyone was having like a party, right? But now, yeah. like, especially if you wanted to build that into enterprise organizations, or if you wanted to use that in kind of like direct customer interactions, like talking with customer, so chatbot of that, that are all the things we need to figure out. And then all the content moderation, all things, how to have like human in the loop, human feedback in the loop to help like guide the agent or get a guide model. This is very exciting. I think like the phase two of this hype is my sweet spot, like talking about all the nuances and other things we need to figure out. That's another change. I think the third one is like enterprise or companies still have a lot of strategies like betting on AI, which is totally right, right? The missing point there is like every time I talk with a company, I usually ask them, hey, do you have any initiatives around like data? Because without like figuring out the, the data pipeline or without figuring out, hey, what are the things we wanted to do with the consolidation of data, uh, clean up data, of that, it's really hard to like leverage at LLM in that space. So yeah, I think that's like a straight observation I've had for this year. I was talking to our founder, Fred, 
the other day, and, you know, his reflections on AI from the year. And I titled the section of my notes, uh, the unsexy part of AI, right? Like now everyone is like, wait, we have to think about the pragmatic things like security, like data privacy, like PII, like intellectual property, which has been a big hot topic as we've spoken with more and more um, Mm -hmm. enterprise organizations that are thinking about how to enter the space or how to engage in the space. So I love your comments, which is like, okay, let's get past the flashy demo on Twitter and let's get to the reality of how we're going to do this in the organization in a way that is sustainable and scalable and that's not going to create a problem. Um, yeah. for the organization, for the customer, for the end user, whomever, uh, yeah. in, in any of those arenas. That brings a big question about regulatory, the future of the regulatory environment. Mm-hmm. Shonata, I didn't, full disclosure, I didn't give you this question beforehand, but <laughs> you have a, is, can I ask you about, like, do you yeah. have a point of view about the future of AI regulation or like comments to share for folks listening today who are sort of sitting there going, wow, I need to I need to think about this, but I don't even know where to start or like what to think, even if it's like my own organization's policy for AI, like any advice? Yeah. I don't think I'm like expert in kind of like giving advice on regulation part, but I think this is how I think about it, at least like from the data regulation or like governance part. There have been a lot, like for the last decade, there have been a lot of like security and compliance uh, requirement on the data site. But then for, if the company started using like LLM in the space, I think every like chief information security like officer will realize as long as like the company is using any large range model providers like OpenAI or Anthropic, um, there are a lot of like uncontrollable things that could only be solved by the model providers part. So working closely with like model providers and then those companies are also responsible kind of like educating the government's for the then like on the danger or on the like stuff that might impact like public interest. I think this is also just like hard for them because this is the hot market. Everyone wanted to get to the market share as much as possible, right? But there are a lot of like long tail, a long tail stuff there. We're seeing like like all the non-moderated conversation between AI bot and underage kids and how students are using ChatGPT to, to like cheat on homework, all of that. I think like a lot of regulation like are not really like need to like put more effort into regulation to in order to protect like groups like kids and seniors who who either didn't grow up in the age of like generative AI or AI in general, or just like don't have the best like capability to do, protect themselves yet. I would love to see more kind of like journalists talking about the stories there. So to bring this kind of like awareness into the tech community. Uh, otherwise, everyone in tech community is going to just be like, hey, like, we want to move faster. We want to be like more products. And without really looking into like, okay, what is happening in the public outside the bubble? I think that's where like recommendation and like public sectors can really, really help. Uh, and I'm excited to see how they're going to cooperate and how can we contribute. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, next next 12 months to see exactly that yeah. because there are a lot of um, industry bodies, training bodies, government bodies, like just evaluating and trying to learn as quickly as they can about the technology so they can the implications so they can understand how to regulate it. I think a lot of tech companies or like tech pros love to dunk on like public sectors or public policy makers. 
but it's, it's really hard job, right? To coming up with the best like policy to protect the public interest, but also to improve and to like encourage the innovation there. So yeah, kudos to them. And I, I'm positive. I think we'll figure something out. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's, we're going to have to because it's not going to go anywhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, what, as we think, you know, we're talking about the future, what other trends or what developments are you keeping an eye on for 2024? Hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see how robotics and the hardware are uh, going to evolve. They're having a lot of like startups start doing, start doing this kind of physical gadget or like a necklace there uh, to help like, not help that, but to like record voice or like record conversations uh, in, in reality. Um, so I think figuring out or having a better sense of like how LLM can help with like robotics innovation, that's mm-hmm. something like, really cool. And I, I don't have that much knowledge into that. But exciting to see a lot of like physical stuff getting innovated. Oh, I'm excited to I wasn't I hadn't heard of that and wasn't keeping an eye on it. So I'm looking forward to um now now that you've yeah. put that in awareness to, to keeping an eye on it for the future. Yeah. Maybe We're finally not- Alexa gonna get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We have a lot of Alexas in our house and our four-year-old yeah. is constantly yelling at her and trying to get her to understand them. So exactly. I hope you're right. <laughs> yep. Um, parting question where can our listeners go to learn more about you and Monterey and your work awesome definitely go to check out our website uh, monterey.ai m-o-n-t-r-e-y.ai you can also find me trend online on Twitter and LinkedIn so my handle is like trend online uh, across the whole internet so yeah super excited Uh, definitely check us out and pay me if you have any ideas questions and I'm here Awesome. Chen, thank you so much for your time today. It was great to talk with you. And for folks listening, we'll also drop those links into uh, our post so you can check them out. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe. Also, be sure to hit us up on Venture Fuel at LinkedIn, where we drop info on emerging opportunities and new technologies. Until next time.